Welcome back to a fresh new episode of my cast. My name is Pranav Dar and I am Jay Shivastav and we are your host. For today's episode, we have with us one of the youngest guests for season 4. At the age of 23, she is India's first woman to win Wildlife Photographer of the Year. Her award-winning photograph titled Lights of Passion features a tree with fireflies forming a starry galaxy in the sky deep inside the Western Ghats. Her photograph is currently being showcased at London's Natural History Museum for the world's best nature photography. Welcome Ashwarya to Mycast, Mycast official podcast. Hi Pranav, hi Jay. To start this off, uh, you know, everyone has memories from childhood uh, they are closely connected with. Uh, so do you also have some fond memories, you know, from childhood which might have uh, brought you closer to your passion? And how did photography start for you? Okay, a uh, very good question. Uh, in fact, uh, so I have a lot of childhood memories relating to nature and photography for that matter. I don't know which to pick because there are so many. So, um I grew up in a place called Panvel and Panvel is a very green uh, place. It used to be much more greener than what it is now. So, um I I remember as a child, you know, staring out of my balcony and seeing uh fireflies at night uh while my dad used to read uh, these mahabharata story books to me and uh, there used to be all sorts of birds right mm-hmm. outside my house uh, there at one point we even had wild boars on our streets so it was a very um in sync with nature when you can you know think of a childhood and that's probably one of the reasons why i became so passionate about wildlife and about uh, conservation is because i have grown up you know with nature mm-hmm. so one of my earliest memories which possibly uh, you know kindled this fire of photography in me was seeing a tiger in the jungle for the first time in the wild and Amazing. i was i was so excited i was like uh because till then i had i had only gone birding and for the first time when you see a big cat in front of you and you're very young maybe i was around 10 yeah at that <laughs> age to see a big cat was so entertaining and i was like even now for me when i see a big cat i'm all uh, you know on top of the moon <laughs> because <laughs> that's the feeling you get when yeah. you see a predator mm-hmm. and i remember my first sighting very well it was uh it was a winter morning and we were like you know it was my fourth safari at penge and we had not seen a tiger at all and finally uh, you know after a lot of dry safaris we got this huge male tiger walking head on uh, on the road towards me wow. and i was so thrilled like this was my best moment and my second sighting was again the same trip when uh, there was this very famous tigress called collarwali and uh, she uh, chased a jackal in right in front of us so that, that was again a very memorable one so these are the things that prompted me to you know take up photography because i wanted to share these stories of what i see out there in the wild with my friends and family and that story took on a more uh, wider platform amazing So Ashwarya you are the first Indian woman to win wildlife photographer of the year. First of all a big big congratulations from our side. Thank um, you thank you so much. So could you tell our listeners something about the award? 
like how many entries it registered the category it has and which category particularly did lights of passion win the award in okay so i basically won the highly commended award in the behavior invertebrates category oh, great. uh so uh, there are a lot of categories that the competition offers you hmm. there is behavior mammals birds invertebrates plants and fungi underwater there's even terms of a creative nature photography there's a portfolio awards there are many different uh, categories that you can apply into so i applied in the behavior invertebrate and a couple of other categories as well oh. but uh, my images uh, were like were selected for the second round in a couple of other categories too but the finally which made it to the winning list was in the behavior invertebrate category amazing uh, so <laughs> yeah thank you thank you so much I even mean, it was completely uh, unexpected and surprising for me as well because I, i i entered the competition thinking if i win i win let's see <laughs> um, but uh, at a young age you are competing with the world's best photographers and right. i think this year the competition received about 50000 entries from 80 countries oh wow and uh, people who have been uh, doing wildlife photography for 20 30 years participate in this every year so it's like you know you are competing with uh, the best of the best and it's like the oscars of wildlife photography it's oh, the oscar amazing. of wildlife photography yeah so yeah it's like you know it was really um, a big very uh, big surprise when i got to know that my image was in the top 100 mm-hmm. we are like super proud <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> could you now also take us through the entire experience of this shoot and uh, any challenges that you faced yeah sure uh, so a uh, challenge so many in fact uh, i was um, this was a very on the spot trip okay it wasn't a very pre planned trip as such i got to know that fireflies were there at bhandardara and it was just on the spur i decided chalo let's go <laughs> and let me go and click them so i went okay. there i met up with a couple of local people uh, to understand which is the best uh, you know nature trail to take to see them in the mountain it was a quite a long hike in the darkness so i was obviously afraid of snakes because they are nocturnal <laughs> and at night you don't know what's happening so yeah. you're carrying all your gear uh, your uh, full shoulders full of your gear your it's heavy you have to walk uh, and on top of that you have to trek up a mountain and then uh, even the local people warned me that there are leopards in the area and that uh, entire terrain of bhandardara is an ideal leopard habitat Right. So for the first time I was literally wishing and praying to God that I don't see a big cat. <laughs> and I am someone who prays every time I go into a forest that please show me a big cat. <laughs> 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 This is probably the only time I said I don't want to see one. So I am sure that was a you know very thrilling uh, experience and you know everybody is really fascinated by fireflies. So you won so many awards you know previously as well including the Diana award. So uh, <laughs> what do you think are some key factors you know that make you stand out is it in the mindset uh, or the creativity the imagination what is it uh, for me basically what i look for in a photograph when uh, i fe- when i feel that my image is good is when the image tells a story for itself uh, like for example the 
lights of passion image you can actually see that stars uh, in the sky and fireflies on the ground which are like the stars on earth so that amalgamation also showcases the behavior of the fireflies in terms of their bioluminescence and at the same time also uh, you know uh, tells you the story about uh, the fact that they are nocturnal mm-hmm. and uh, you know and even in the caption i have written and uh, like mentioned about the fact that they are endangered and right now their species the number of species are on the decline so mm-hmm. these are things that i look for in an image is one the storytelling aspect uh second is or oh, if there is any unique behavior that i have been able to capture uh thirdly i look at creativity because uh creativity is very important and i feel that is mm. what acts like your signature it makes you stand apart from the thousand other photographs that other people take so yeah these are the things that i look at interesting so you know we were discussing how difficult it is to click the right photograph and it isn't as easy as it seems especially when you're shooting outdoors so one needs to have a good imagination like how things would be turning up in the final picture a lot of patience and particularly no control over the light and weather so in such situations or circumstances how do you prepare yourself each time for an assignment or a shoot uh so basically i first read up about uh, the place that i'm going to shoot and mm-hmm. also if it is uh, like if i'm just going for uh, shooting the place or like a landscape thing and whatever animal or bird i find is a bonus or if i'm going to a particular uh, forest to see one species only in which case i make a men- i like make it a habit to read about the species its behavior to understand uh, what are its unique characteristics so i do a lot of research in the beginning of the shoot so that i am well prepared on the field and nothing surprises me as such uh, and again i t- make a note of the weather as to what all conditions will affect the photograph the photographic yeah, right. uh, scenario you know uh-huh. because like for fireflies for example i had to check the moon uh, timetable as well because moon yeah. set and moon rise because i wanted to have no ambient light affecting the picture and hence i made sure that I, when i reach there the moon would have already set or it was like really in the waning stage so that it doesn't affect my uh, photograph so these are some things like for example for tigers mm. uh, maybe what you can keep in mind is that when you go to a tiger sanctuary during summers you have a much better chance of spotting the striped stalker instead of you know going in monsoons or in winters because yes the feel of the forest is completely different and if you see a tiger in the winter possibly with the fog and everything you'll you'll have a mind blowing picture but if you you really want to photograph it for an assignment as such then i would say go in summers because you are more guaranteed of seeing the tiger then because they come to water holes right to quench their thirst so a lot of preparation because when like you mentioned of being on field first of all there is no retake yeah. in a wildlife i can't tell the tiger you know walk again for me <laughs> i i messed up with my camera settings yeah. so you have to be like picture perfect on the field and try and get every parameter in terms of exposure shutter speed and all of this right on the field and secondly you have no control like you mentioned about the light uh, mm. light conditions at all so if i'm shooting 1 minute 
minute in shade the next minute i'm shooting in bright sunlight yeah. so i have to make a mental note of adjusting all my settings accordingly absolutely so that is again a big challenge that one faces on field so much pep goes into you know picking yeah. the right photograph especially given that it's it's in the wild yes so ashwarya we have seen you know a lot of male wildlife photographers and you know surely this field is a highly male dominated one did you face any challenges in the initial stages or you know if you face any challenges in general and uh, in your opinion uh, how should a woman navigate you know herself starting out as a photographer so i feel that uh, i first of all i didn't face any challenge as such just because i was a girl uh, yeah. the industry is very welcoming and in fact a lot of uh, the male photographers extend a really a lot of support to upcoming girls as such uh, because uh, they also want more females in the entire industry because it's only males like you said very few females right. you can literally count them on your yeah. fingers and um, but luckily we found one <laughs> thank you so when you look at in terms of general challenges uh, yes into at least in for uh, women specific in terms of on field their sanitization does have uh, become a problem in certain uh, forests because uh, you may not be having a very good toilet facilities there so for a girl mm. with periods and everything yes it does get a bit challenging but other than that i don't see any gender specific uh, challenge as such in wildlife photography uh, coming to uh, the general challenges that one faces uh, then uh, obviously one is funding okay for your projects and right. the second would be uh, getting the right exposure because a networking is one very big uh, thing that you have to do in wildlife to meet the right people and ensure that your portfolio reaches to them agreed so that is a challenge agreed agreed so we have learned that people tend to buy products of brands that portray a strong story through their commercials and other marketing communications so given that this genre is very emotive and powerful how important do you think is marrying storytelling to the subject of uh, photography i feel really that photography uh, cannot be complete without storytelling because ultimately what are you trying to do with your images you are telling a story of what you have seen out there in the wild so if i just take a picture of a tigress with a cub yeah. that picture itself tells the story of uh, the big cat's behavior in the wild so every picture to me has to tell a story no matter be it a portrait be it a landscape shot a wide angle uh, any other you know type of shot but it has to definitely evoke emotions in people and that will obviously come when there is a story attached to it right let's talk a bit about panje now you know okay. uh, i'll set some context for our listeners um, so panje is the last remaining wetland of uran out of 800 to 900 wetlands uh, which were previously there and uh, there were 71 sluice gates that were installed that dammed the inflow of waters into panje right so ashwarya could you tell us a bit about your experiences of wetlands and wildlife and especially of panje and how you saved uh, panje from being yet another concrete jungle uh yes sure uh, in fact uh, thank you for bringing up panje because uh, it's it's way it's an issue which is very close to my heart and i have grown up on uh, these wetlands visiting them and spotting flamingos and painted storks and what not birds uh, 
at Panjai itself. So for me, it was uh, very, very heartbreaking to know that Panjai would soon be reclaimed. And that is when I decided that I had to do something about it. So I was brainstorming as such as to, you know, what to do when my mom told me that why don't you make a documentary because you have been taking videos for quite some time. So put them to use. And I was like, okay, fine. That's that was a great idea. And I was anyway studying mass media at that time, at that point of time. But there was one big problem that I didn't know video editing that much. Uh, so I went to a couple of video editing editors as as well. Oh. But uh, the price that they quoted was like too much. I could not afford it. Mm-hmm. So I then I uh, went and switched to YouTube. I learned video editing on Amazing. YouTube free tutorials as such yeah. <laughs> and uh, finally put together my documentary uh, and uploaded it on YouTube as well so, and the and the entire film became viral mm-hmm. uh, for a wildlife documentary to gain almost 16,000 views yeah. Was, uh, yeah, was quite a big uh, deal because most of the views come for uh, you know film stars or some other entertainment genre as such but not for a wildlife documentary and so when I that uh, picture became viral, then a lot of people started taking notice. The media started taking notice of the issue. And then there was this whole Sluice Gate uh, thing because I had gone to Sidco. I had appealed to them that why don't you leave Panjay alone? And why don't you, you know, kind of remove Panjay out of the development plan that you have? And just, uh, you know, possibly move your uh, existing development project to another piece of land. But Sidco was like, you know, this can't be done and Panjai is not even a wetland and we have already sold it to yeah. Reliance. Yeah. So there was this whole thing of, you know, uh, a big no that they could not help at all. So I was left wondering as to, you know, what should I do? But then uh, the I took the media one day out there to kind of, you know, show them the place and to write and make an appeal on TV channels that the place had to be protected. And that is when I discovered that this wetland was completely dry. So this whole process then started about as to why it is dry, because I've never seen Panjai dry in my life. And we discovered these Lewis Gates. And then we wrote to a lot of people. We mobilized a lot of NGOs, uh, the government, the media. And finally, it was a big collective effort. But the Lewis Gates were uh, opened and the wetland was restored. But I would say that one battle was won, but the war is still not over. We are still waging a war with uh, the these you know developmental authorities mm-hmm. to give Panjai the status of a bird right. sanctuary because protecting it right now is very vital for I would say the survival of Mumbai city. Yeah, right, right. Moving on, uh, you know, at Maika we eat, sleep, and drink branding. And, you know, we learn how to craft brand stories. And we have, so we have read several case studies on how some individuals uh, become bigger brands than most uh, well-known companies. Uh, So we cannot resist, but talk about personal branding. We know that you have been closely linked with Discovery, Canon India, and even Decathlon. And you have an origami series uh, going on with World Wildlife Fund. So how much of it is conscious personal branding for you? And how do you see personal branding uh, for a photographer in today's uh, day and age? 
uh, I feel it's very important. I, in fact, being an advertising student myself, uh, branding is one of the key aspects that you have to, you know, kind of master for a product in terms of a company. So when I look at personal branding from a photographer's point of view, I feel it's important uh, because you need to, as a photographer, you need to project yourself as a brand. to uh, other bigger brands like say discovery or to animal planet national geographic all these uh, big channels so for me i really uh, invest in personal branding using social media hmm. i feel that, that is a good way to you know one connect with your followers your fans and also a good platform where you can showcase your style your uh, approach to a project as such and all these all the projects i feel that you take up mm-hmm. as uh, in your whole journey as a photographer add to your personal brand as well yeah so you must also be working on your instagram right yes i i make it a point to work on my insta initially my insta was like i was not very conscious about instagram i was more a facebook kind of a person <laughs> but then i realized the importance that insta has yes. in today's uh, world and today's generation is all about digital and we are all yeah. instagram uh, followers and everything so i was like okay fine <laughs> although i am a millennial but still i wasn't into insta much uh, but the last uh, one year i am like quite active in on it great great so just like branding we at myka emphasize the most on creativity we are encouraged to come up with crazy ideas and break established patterns to look at things differently we even like to call ourselves the b school where management meets creativity oh wow so we would like to put this age old debate to rest what do you think is creativity a part of human nature or is it something that can be learned and nurtured uh i feel creativity is a part of human nature yeah uh it can be learned possibly but not uh, like uh, to an extent if you are born creative yeah there are some people you know who are literally born with an a genius mind who can come up with uh, ad campaigns or with uh, brand slogans at the drop of a hat but not everyone can do that uh, mm. some maybe it happens over time but for some people it does not happen at all uh, and so it's it's all about i feel creativity and when it comes to photography also you have to have a, a perspective as to how you visualize something it doesn't yeah. by teaching you photography i can possibly teach you the science behind it like what is what is exposure what is yeah. iso how do you control uh, light all this i can possibly teach you but how do you put that knowledge to use it that depends on your creativity and that i can't teach you right so can that creativity we learned you know by doing photography or any creative thing over the years can you learn that art or can you uh, you you can learn that art to some extent when you keep practicing it uh, but again your the style that comes like uh, if you, when you look at creative nature photography uh, there there is uh, a person uh, called mr ganesh shankar and you the way he sees he visualizes nature i don't think any of us can like i mean i have been following his work for from the time i was a teenager but uh, at that point i used to find some of his uh, you know pictures uh, abstract yeah. but then 
uh, when you read up uh, uh, the captions that he writes mm-hmm. you then understand the depth behind those images yeah. and they are so profound uh, uh, for for a person uh, like you know who doesn't have that uh, kind of eye for uh, that a detail right. you may not be able to uh, click the way he does yeah. i mean i still can't <laughs> so, so it's it's each person's style at the end and uh, yes to some extent you can possibly learn to uh, click using different techniques but then again what matters in creativity is your visualization okay. it, it's like a film uh, you know directing a film like the way uh, a rajkumar hirani directs is not the way a karan johar directs a film right? <laughs> i agree totally They're completely two different uh, ways right so moving on uh, now that you've achieved uh, you know the feat of being the wildlife photographer of the year and you have won so many awards uh, what's the next goal for you what do you you know look out for next uh, so my uh, next thing is i'm wanting to uh, you know get into the whole uh, field of uh, on screen hosting and camera tv presenting as such for wildlife shows yeah. Uh, so yeah that is my uh, i'm concentrating on that as of now and also building up uh, my uh, doing research and doing pre production work for my upcoming documentary because for me wildlife photography is a hobby yeah. uh, but wildlife filming is what my profession is so right. <laughs> how does it feel when people call you the wildlife photographer of the year oh it feels so surreal <laughs> <laughs> So we also read that uh, you couldn't visit the London Museum and see your photograph. And... I know I couldn't go because the entire event this year was virtual, yeah. and I was really looking forward to meet uh, all the winners of this year's awards and also meet up with uh, some of the best wildlife photographers who come there. And in fact, this year from India, I think eight of us uh, were there Amazing. in the top hundred wow. awarded images. Wow. So I was wanting to even meet all of the all the other people as well. but uh, we could not go i wanted to even see my image in the natural history museum yeah again it's a museum which i have been wanting to visit since childhood but mm. what to do i can't go to london and i and i don't think i can go to london the next uh, couple of yeah, months as well because of the new strain yeah, as such so, i don't know what's happened to life Yeah. I think what 2020 has probably done to us is that the most uh, positive word became negative and the most negative word became positive. <laughs> <laughs> true true that's very true. Oh. So could you share with the listeners what trajectory did you follow in order to be sure of what you're doing and not run after the mundane and monotonous 9 to 5 life? uh i actually i didn't do anything as such i just had in mind that uh, i did not want to do a 9 to 5 job uh, after i finished my 10th standard because still the oh. till the time i was uh, wanting to like till the time i um was doing my 10th i wanted to be a ca because my dad's a ca right uh, but after that uh, when wildlife photography started becoming more interesting uh, with every trip i felt that i cannot sit on in a desk job and be confined to a 9 to 5 boring lifestyle you come back home eat sleep watch netflix go to sleep i could not do that <laughs> so i felt that possibly uh, i can't take an office job so what next Yeah. so i then felt that uh, the media line was a very happening line and uh, sure. i loved wildlife photography so much i felt why not make this only my profession 
it was it was very organic as such there was yeah. no like you know uh, just one thing led to another that's it so uh, you know on a closing note uh, is there any recommendation that you like to share with us uh, which is important to you in your life you know could be a could be a quote a book any particular movie or an experience maybe anything uh for me every experience that motivates me is being out there just listening to the of uh, forest sounds and listening to a frog croak or a bird sing all these motivate me to go to work hard to click better to uh, protect our planet because i feel that uh, the biggest threat that today our planet faces is the thought that someone else is going to save it so i really feel that uh, each and every person each one of us can contribute to make a difference yeah and uh, uh, there was this uh, one quote that i really uh, go by which was uh, i think said by jacques cousteau uh, and he told me he had told uh, once that uh, you know you protect something that you love and mm-hmm. you love what you understand and you understand much better when you see something Yeah. So the visual medium has a huge role to play in that. Absolutely. And that is one thing that I swear by because uh, being a visual communicator and a filmmaker, I really feel that uh in you when anyone sees a wildlife film that is entertaining as well as engaging mm-hmm. and uh an an image which is thought provoking it really gets you thinking, it evokes your emotions and it also propels you for action. Yeah. So that is something that I swear by. Yeah, that's amazing. So uh, that brings us to a close. Uh, thank you so much, Ashwarya, for joining us. Thank you, Ashwarya. It has been a pleasure hosting you on my cast. I'm sure the listeners are going to love this particular episode. We look forward to more interactions with you in the near future. I look forward to. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Pranav. I had a lovely time.